these are hard problems. These are very difficult problems to solve. People don't necessarily want to attack sleep problems because it can become so frightening. The time, I don't have the energy, I'm exhausted. Can't you see I'm exhausted? I need this sleep aid or whatever it is to get me to fall asleep. Folks, welcome to Counselors Can Help. Let's demystify the process of counseling. We want to remove barriers, answer your questions, educate, entertain, and inspire you to action. Folks, today we're talking about sleep. Going to educate you on some things I don't think you knew about sleep, and then we're also going to get into sleep problems. Folks have problems in this area. We want to help you solve them, get the sleep that you need, so let's get started. Hey folks, welcome back to Counselors Can Help. We are going to talk about a very important issue today, and that is sleep. I know it's an issue that is on everyone's mind, and so sleep is very important, and so we're going to get into that for, for everyone and how counselors can help you get sleep. Uh, before we do that, I just want to remind you to go to counselorscanhelp.com. Uh, that's my website. You can find the show there. You can find resources that we discuss in the show. You can find ways to find a counselor and suicide prevention resources, especially if it's for you or a loved one who you're worried about. Great stuff at the website. Very proud of it. Do a lot of work on it. Also, email me, Merrill, at counselorscanhelp.com. Let me know what you think about the show, what you'd like to hear on the show, any feedback, any encouragement. Love that. And um, just want to hear from you. So let's get into the sleep show today. I'm going to go through a couple of things. The, the first one is to hopefully to motivate you as to why sleep is important. We're going to get into how to make it happen. What if you wake up in the middle of the night, can't get back to sleep? A lot of folks have trouble with that or just getting to sleep in general. And the last is the impact of drugs and alcohol. Um, even sleep medication can have on your sleep. So we'll talk about that just a bit. Quick spoiler alert is not a great news story. Many folks use these kinds of things, and so we'll get into a little bit about, I guess, the good and the bad and um, how to, uh, or think about how you're using those as your sleep strategy. Okay, so um, I want to point out initially, and I want to give a huge shout out and thank you to a person named Matthew Walker. He has done a lot of research on this subject and done a lot of work on it. It's his professional career. He wrote a book, Why We Sleep. That is a very important book that covers a lot of what we're going to talk about in the show. What I get from this show really comes from him. He has his book. Also, he has numerous resources. Uh, one of them is on my webpage, interview that he's done in the last number of months that's pretty current that talks about his book, which was written, I think, in 2017 or published then. And he updates or adds a little bit of other information in there. And so it's another Great resource if you're not a huge book reader, you don't want to get into all the nuts and bolts of it, but want some discussion about sleep and you're very interested in the topic. Uh, those are great resources. And like I said, go to my website in the resources page and you can scroll down and find his interview that he's done uh, recently on sleep. Okay, motivation. I know that when I talk about sleep, some of you are very motivated, maybe, maybe even having a hard time falling asleep right now. You are highly motivated. Those folks are surely motivated to learn about it. But here's some motivation if you are not so inclined or wondering why I should do this. So reading from his book now, scientists have discovered a revolutionary new treatment that makes you live longer. It enhances your memory and makes you more creative. It makes you look more attractive. It keeps you slim, lowers your food cravings. It protects you from cancer and dementia. 
It wards off colds and the flu. It lowers your risk of heart attacks and stroke, not to mention diabetes. You'll even feel happier, less depressed, and less anxious. Are you interested? So he is really trying to combine all the things that they have learned. And these aren't just theories. I mean, these are things that they've gone through in a very scientific way, proving that a lot of these things that I've just mentioned are in fact true. How do you get these things? How does that happen? What does that look like? Well, you will not get those benefits in the way that most people actually see sleep. And that is, they just sort of muddle through and don't expect a lot of it. That sleep is just sort of a break in the day and you're not going to get a lot of benefit from sleep when in fact that's entirely not true. There are massive cancer fighting tools that happen in your body when you sleep. Men's testosterone levels do rise due to sleep. Alzheimer's, fighting Alzheimer's, we're finding that lack of sleep is a huge sort of path going down the path of Alzheimer's. That is certainly one of them. If you're worried about Alzheimer's, getting a lot of sleep is in fact a good thing. Learning and mastering a skill, a great night's sleep can help you learn something just a little bit better. There's less injury when you sleep. Professional athletes are seeing this and uh, sports teams are seeing this more and more that there's a direct correlation between players who are constantly injured and those folks that don't get enough sleep. Mental health. There is a correlation uh, between mental health and sleep. Uh, He mentions it in just this last thing that I, I quoted. The bottom line is life is better. It's not a nicety. It's not for others. There are many folks who think, oh, I don't have to get the right amount of sleep. Well, I think you'll find the more you learn about sleep, the more that that strategy or that way of thinking about sleep as a hindrance or something that gets in the way is just not a great strategy. So what is a lack of sleep? Well, how would we define that in terms of hours? Um, we're looking for, in the you know, adults, we're looking for the seven to nine hours of sleep. The younger you get, teenagers and those kinds of things, really young kids, you're looking into, you know, 10, 11, 12, 13, 14 hours. It can be depending on the age of the child. So those are very long and seem almost extreme numbers, but will in fact uh, have a much better outcome. What you lose when you lose sleep, especially really anybody of all ages, is a swing to emotional extremes. And I think if, if you've, especially a new parent, you know this because when your child is overtired, they tend to be very rash, very emotional. Um, they're just much harder to deal with. And everyone as a parent certainly sees this immediately. Their child has been on this earth for longer than, say, a few months. I mean, uh, it is noticeable. Everyone is subject to this, swings to emotional extremes. This is where suicide ideation starts to pop in and becomes much more of a thought in someone's mind. This is where talking about aggression, risk-taking, pleasure-seeking, cravings. Um, I've had a poor night's sleep recently. We've got some stuff going on in our house. And I found myself yesterday tired. What was I doing? I was standing at the cabinet looking for something to eat, something sweet, something, you know, uh, whatever to satisfy my cravings. And I'm not really sure why I was craving those things other than I think I was just tired. And I noticed that in the moment and tried to walk away. But that's very difficult when you are sleep deprived. What this leads to ultimately with a lack of sleep is poor choices. Uh, Does poor sleep cause mental illness? 
we don't know is the bottom line, but I see this a lot in my practice. Most people that come in have some kind of poor sleep going on. I would say the number is quite high, at least 75%. So the thing that they're fighting is obviously troubling. What they're going through is definitely hard. And guess what? They're having a hard time sleeping. This is now exacerbating what they're going through. Is sleep a cure for this? Well, probably not. But it's, there's plenty of evidence to suggest that the benefit is significant. If you're going through hard times, struggles, all these kinds of things, a lack of sleep is just pouring gas on the fire, basically. And we want to figure out how to help. One main reason why sleep is a help, and it's really hard to sort of wrap our head around the idea of why do I need so much sleep? What's the difference between six versus seven hours or five versus seven hours? Okay, a couple hours, no big deal. Well, if you're thinking of it like that in terms of a linear, well, I need this amount of hours, therefore, if I fall a little bit short, I'm fine. I'm almost there, right? I got 80 or 90% of what I needed, so I should be good. Well, for for a night or two here or there, you're right. But if it's a constant chronic thing, you're wrong um, because what we're talking about here is what goes on in the brain during all these things. And it turns out there's some super critical things that happen towards the late edges of that long night's sleep. So the reason you're benefiting from this long night of sleep is not that eight is that much different than six and a half. It's that the things that are happening towards the back end of that eight hours are the super critical important things. So if you're really interested in this topic, this is why you would want to go back to Matthew Walker's book, read that thing that's got just tons of great information in it, very easy to understand, and it's a good read. Um, He does a really good job, and he does a great job with his interviews. He's got TED Talks. You could Google his name and find a whole bunch of stuff that he's done. Obviously, the book is called Why We Sleep. So he gets into a very detailed discussion about what happens during sleep and the, the mechanics of what's going on during sleep and why that's helpful to your brain. Okay, so you need seven plus hours. Um, Talked about the good stuff being at the end. The other problem with being sleep deprived is you really are not a great judge of your own sleep deficit. The I don't need sleep attitude is something you cannot recognize within yourself. You are not seeing the amount of deficit this is causing. Now, you may certainly feel like, okay, this is how I live my life. All I need is four to five hours and I'm good. What's happened is if you do this over time, you are accepting a lower version of yourself. You don't have to accept that degraded version. There's a much better version of yourself if you just got the proper amount. Okay, let's get to the good stuff, and that's how do we get proper sleep? There are are some, some basics that go on with getting proper sleep. One is schedule. Setting aside those eight hours of so you can say, okay, I've got time in my bedroom. I'm going to set that aside and I'm going to try to keep that schedule, you know, day to day as much as possible. Keep that whatever you want to, whatever you want to have at 11 p.m. to 7 a.m., say, as an example. If you can maintain that, your body then starts to get somewhat of a rhythm going. Okay, so when we talk about schedule, I know many of you have an important idea that's bouncing through your brain right this moment saying, well, schedule, I can't do that. That's way more time than I can possibly devote to this. I don't have eight hours that I can set aside so I can get the proper sleep. 
I'm, I'm too busy. I've got this. I've got that. This is a very difficult problem that has to be addressed for many folks. It is finding the time, making priorities, and figuring out how they're going to get decent sleep. This is not a simple thing because generally you've probably built a lifestyle out of this and it's going to take a little bit of experimentation and a little bit of priority setting and just being honest with yourself on what needs to be done and what can be adjusted. And honestly, these things are, aren't things that you have to decide today. You can go out and experiment with a thing or two and uh, see what works, what doesn't work. You can modify as you go. So don't feel like you have to have this all sorted out when you start. Uh, you may have to make some different decisions as you go, and that's okay. So the bottom line is just try to prioritize sleep for yourself, even for a short time. If it's just for a short time for you to see really how this would work and how this affects you, and only you'll know at that point whether it's a good thing and you want to keep going and, and these changes are, are good for you. So I invite you to stay motivated into finding how you can get this eight hours and uh, looking at your schedule in a very critical eye uh, to see what you can do to maximize that time. Okay, so we've talked about schedule. Next, we're going to talk more about how to prepare for sleep. Darkness, darken up the room, darken up your house. As you approach, if, if 11 to 7, say, was your zone, by 10 o'clock, you want to be turning things down in your house. If you don't need that light on, turn it off. If you can get by with less light, get by with less. If you can put down the phone, the device, do so. Stop playing the game, do so. You're trying to make your environment as dark as possible because this has physical impacts on you getting to sleep. Melatonin, things like this kick in that are basically saying it is time to sleep. This seems like when we go to sleep, this is all conspiring to help you get to sleep. I personally think it's fine watching a little television with the room dark, everything's dark and all you have is the light of the television. I don't know, that could be, I guess, problematic to some degree. But I think if it, what we're looking for is the overall light here. If you want to read before you go to bed, you still have to have a light on, right? So we're not, we're not saying the place has to be dark for an hour. This idea of darkness is just saying, turn things down to the extent that you can and keep things from being in your face, light being in your face, because it turns out that light is going through your eyes and is signaling to your brain that it's still daytime. It's not yet time to sleep. So you're trying to set up a way to help yourself get your body and your brain to see that it's time for sleep. All right, uh, sleep temperature. Again, another big one that people probably know by experience but have never really thought about, okay, what should I be setting the room to? The bottom line is make it cool. Matthew Walker talks about 65 degrees as the optimum sleep temperature, and, and this is something he studied in his labs. People may say, well, I can't make it 65 in my house. I've got this or that. I've got a, you know, whatever. The bottom line is make it as cool as you can get away with that approaches 65 degrees. So what we're talking about here with the temperature discussion is just push that down. Try to push the lower end of the envelope to see how little temperature or heat you can get away with in the room. Okay, so we've talked motivation, some basics, and now we're going to get into the meat of how counselors can help. These are real issues, real problems that people have, and how your counselor can help you through these and work through some very tough sleep problems. Here's a segment to show you just what we're talking about that's coming up in the next part of the show. Oh my God, I'm back in this fight again. Now I'm never going to be able to get back to sleep. I didn't get enough sleep anger that this is occurring. There's a lot of sort of emotional things likely that are happening in that moment. So 
just realize that those emotional things are happening in that moment and those are obviously not helpful to you getting back to sleep. These can then result in the racing brain, the thoughts, the feelings, the problem solving. All these things are happening um, at night. So we've talked about those big three items there, schedule, darkness, temperature. Put those, if you're working on this issue, uh, those would be great to put to use in your life um, and just start tonight, start today. And once you sort of get into a rhythm of those things set, the theory, the idea goes that you're going to have a much easier time getting to sleep and hopefully on your way to more sleep. Things that can help, you can go to counselorscanhelp.com and there's videos that talk about uh, meditation, the present moment. There's a link to this book. In fact, the Why We Sleep book is there and a link to the interview that Matthew Walker does that talks about sleep. So there's lots of resources there on my website to get you to what I am discussing here on this uh, podcast. Uh, We've talked sleep sort of generalities here, but now sleep problems that folks complain of. And those are really just worries, concerns, um, stress, anxiety, all those kinds of things bad memories, things that have happened in your life, trauma. These are all things that can massively impact sleep. And then once again, people have sort of assumed that these things will always impact their sleep. And I'm here to to plead with you to say, no, that doesn't have to be that way. This is where counselors can help. Ultimately, this is a great way to go in and tell the person, what would I like to get out of coming to see you? Well, one thing, a great thing, would be better sleep. How am I going to get better sleep? Well, I when I wake up, I constantly think about these things or those things, or I can't seem to fall asleep. Um, I get stressed out. You know, you you know what's going on in your life. You know the hard things that, for whatever reason, you're not sleeping now. I've had folks come into my office that have been going on like one hour of sleep a night for like a week. These people are in pretty rough shape. They know what they need. They just can't seem to do it. Here's this where I come in. That's why you're coming in to see me. We need to address these issues and figure out what mentally is getting in the way and find a way to help you with that. That may not happen in a day or two, but you can certainly see the strategy and start to build a strategy to address these things like traumatic memories and stress or worries or the racing brain. The racing brain, if I've, you know, that's a thing that is very common through all these things. If you talk to people with anxiety, even depression, at times they have this idea of the racing brain. I can't seem to shut my mind down. It's constantly running through scenarios. It's constantly running through trying to problem solve. I can't seem to turn that down. That is a great thing that we can address in therapy And the tools that we use to address them are these things that you've heard me talk about before, the present moment ideas, meditation, and you practicing and doing new things and finding ways to slow your brain down and seeing that your brain is racing. You may say, well, it's not enough to just notice my brain is racing. I got to find a way to, to slow that down. And actually, that's a great point. That's what a therapist's job is is to help you find ways to do that. And it's not something I can just throw out as a generic subject matter to say that this is exactly how that will go. That's their job. That's your job to come in and say, this is the problem. These are the things that I think about. This is what goes through my mind. Can you please help me with that? And they surely can. They absolutely can. Um, There are 
uh, techniques that therapists can use. Uh, CBTI is one, cognitive behavioral therapy for insomnia. This is an actual intervention that is used to help people uh, get better night's sleep. And there are many, many techniques involved in that. So there, it's a very much, in many ways, a cookbook of ideas, things that we've talked about to some degree here on this show already. And, and another, which is uh, sleep restriction, which is a, a thing, again, your therapist can help you with. It is a way to get you back to a more continued night of sleep. If a person is constantly waking up, can't seem to get back to sleep, there are ways to address that. Um, and you would do better to talk to your therapist about that. And surprisingly, honestly, um, ask for CBTI. Um, it's really not that super complicated. Um, many therapists, I think, don't really know that this exists, that there is a method for this and it has a name and they can research it and they can learn very quickly what to do and how to help you. So, um, Talk to your doctor. I feel like a commercial, uh, one of those pharmaceutical commercials of uh, ask your doctor about whatever, um, you know, ask your doctor about CBTI. Hey, I've heard about this. Can you help me with this? This sounds interesting to me. So ask your therapist about CBTI and tell them that you've heard about it, you're interested in it, and you'd like to pursue it. And uh, they should be able to help you with that. Okay, uh, next is a strategy for waking up. What to do if you find yourself waking up continually throughout the night? Or say, well, I get to sleep, but then I wake up at 2 a.m. or 3 a.m. and then I sort of feel like I'm done. Okay, so what's happening in these scenarios usually is some degree of frustration is starting to build. You've been able to get to sleep and as soon as you open your eyes or know that you wake up in a dark room, you know you should be sleeping and you now know that, oh, or you think what goes through your mind is some degree of, ah, oh my God, there'll be like a adrenaline rush perhaps. It's like, oh my God, I'm back in this fight again. Now I'm never going to be able to get back to sleep. I didn't get enough sleep. Anger that this is occurring. So just realize that those emotional things are happening in that moment. And those are obviously not helpful to you getting back to sleep. These can then result in the racing brain, the thoughts, the feelings, the problem solving. All these things are happening um, at night. So there's a couple of things going on here. Potentially, if this is an issue or something you're dealing with and something you're, you've been chronically worried about, something you're thinking about, you may have been avoiding thinking about this thing throughout the day. It could be as simple as that. And you've been trying to avoid it by staying busy. Well, that's great during the day, except at night when you obviously close your eyes and lay down in a dark room, there's nothing to keep you busy. And so you may fall asleep due to sheer exhaustion but when you wake up at 2 a.m., you're no longer exhausted. You've got enough sleep that sort of gets you back into this reset. And now you have no way, nothing to distract you to stop you from thinking about it. So you may just give up altogether, get up out of bed and start working or doing whatever it is, starting your day because you feel like there is no hope. You may sit in your bed, try to sleep, toss and turn for hours and hours. And that gets obviously poor results gets you even more and more frustrated. You're not getting sleep there either. So what to do? How, how to change this cycle? Well, one is to just prepare for it. Know that it's going to happen. And these are the times when if you've developed some sort of meditation practice, even just a little bit, uh, again, a therapist can help you with this. 
you have now have something to do at night that allows you, as an example, to maybe just sort of move your how you're set up, put on some headphones, keep the room dark, and just do a meditation. There are meditations available on these um, apps that are on the market. Like I said, I use Headspace. There are things on there that have meditations and just sort of audio book types of things that are for you in the middle of the night to help you get back to sleep. So if there's something really on your mind, I mean, ultimately the strategy here is to find something that's interesting enough to move you away from what you're thinking about, but not so interesting and so exciting that it gets you up and moving feeling like this is a new part of your day. So um, audio books, uh, things that I mentioned on Headspace, Anything that is interesting, but not visually stimulating and not really emotionally stimulating either. It's just really someone talking to you about something. I use the Motor Trend channel for this. My go-to as far as getting ready for sleep, that hour prior when I'm trying to darken up the room and just try to sort of do something that is not too stimulating, is I have TV shows that watch uh, car fix-up shows uh, Roadkill specifically in Roadkill Garage. I've seen those shows. If you watch Motor Trend at all, those are shows that I've watched. I've seen each episode probably five to 10 times. I know what's going to happen on those shows and I like that. And it's a great sleep activity because nothing really is jumping out That's that I'm learning something really drastically new. I just like how the guys talk to each other. I'm interested in the subject matter that they're doing fixing up cars. I'm not a mechanic. I'm just really interested in this idea. And so I watch it. It is in no way exciting or thrilling, but I like the shows and I know what to expect. And it will put me to sleep. Honestly, if I'm in that mode, I will start to fall asleep. So this is what you're looking for. You're looking for something in the middle of the night that is not work. It's not thrilling. It's not just giving up. You're trying to find something that is set up and ready to go for you to listen to that will put you in this mind frame of, okay, I can now sort of stop thinking about the thing that has just uh, made me wake up. This is something that's gonna take a little experimentation and uh, for you to find that right thing. Another technique that I talk to folks about, which we talked about in anxiety a little bit, is this idea of practicing being anxious during the day. And what I mean about this for sleep is that you really want to find a time during the day when you do stop and think about those things that are bothering you. You've got to set aside a time to let that occur because your brain is trying to do that stuff. And the better you can get at that, the better you can allow those thoughts in during the day, the more likely at night you're not going to have them as much because you feel like, okay, I've sort of been there, done that. There's lots of ways to do that. A therapist can help you find how to let those thoughts burn out during the day so it doesn't impact you at night. A person can walk you through this. Journaling is a big one. Journaling during the day is a great way of just letting this stuff get out. Finding a way to get through these ideas and thoughts that you feel is actually productive. Many people find this very helpful. So one way is writing a letter perhaps to the person you feel has wronged you or just writing a story about what you've gone through or maybe some sort of, um, you know, you can make it creative and make it uh, some a little short fictional tale of what's happening. You're trying to find a way to let these thoughts out. Yes, they're going to make you anxious and upset, but you want that to happen in some form during the day. 
I did this in my personal life many years ago. I would just sit down for a few minutes and just say, hey, I just closed my eyes and just said, bring it on. And what I found is it seemed like I got all that, a lot of that out of my system. Not all of it. You're still going to have the issues that are there. You're not making your problems go away. But what you're trying to do is let sort of the worst of it out, the, that really emotional content that if it's done during the middle of the day, you can sort of get back to your life again. And this is where a therapist can be massively helpful. You may say, well, I can't do that. I can't visit these things because they're really so distressing. Well, in some ways, what you're doing is visiting them at night. This is when it comes up. So enter your counselor, enter your therapist. This is where they can do their best work. This is ultimately what they're trying to do. And I think if you find a great way to do that, then you are going to have a much better sleep success. Folks also want to make you aware of an app called Sleep School. You can download it on your phone. It's a 30 dollar annual subscription and it does a great job of taking a bit of information from you and then setting up a course that you can do that is going after your specific sleep problems and so the app gives you a variety of courses and subject matters that include relieving health worries calming anxiety navigating financial stress overcoming depression managing shift work connecting with loneliness diffusing traumatic thoughts on and on like i said they have lots of these courses in their system and it allows you to tailor it to whatever your needs are. And it's a great way to take in the information because they do get to a lot of essential and basic information and just good habits that everybody needs. The courses are set up so they don't take a lot of time. And I think you'll really be happy with it. Just give it a try. They also have a seven day free trial period. I also want to give a quick mention or a shout out to exercise. Many folks think, and I believe personally, that I sleep better when I exercise and that's why I have a good exercise program. Um, it's just something I found on my own. But what this comes down to, I think, is just personal experience that this seems like an area that works for me. I would recommend it for anyone who's trying to get better sleep is to find a way to increase your physical activity, those kinds of things, and see how that does, in fact, impact your sleep. Uh, you should know within a week or so how this works and be able to figure out for yourself whether this is something you want to continue or not. I would always recommend discussing this with a physician perhaps even a personal trainer if this is new to you, and see if it does help your sleep. So now we'll get back to the show, talk about what overcoming sleep looks like, and also finish up with some discussion on drugs and alcohol and how that affects your sleep. And, when, and I tell people, I try to remind folks, when you're trying to learn to get back to sleep, let's say you're a person that does get to bed at 10 or whatever, and you wake up at 2 and really that's it. You're going to have to spend some time over the next number of weeks trying to get back to sleep. Um, it's going to be a slow process. But here's what success looks like. Let's say you wake up at 2 and normally you got to start getting to work by 6 or you know whatever it is. You've got a good 3 to 4 hours of what you could sleep, you just haven't been able to. If you could make it so that you could actually get back to sleep for a couple of hours or at least one hour, that's success. That is putting forth the time, the energy, listening to this show, the strategy of how you're going to do that. And all you have to do is fall back asleep again just for a little bit before your alarm goes off. Now you know you can do it. Now you know it is possible. It's not what you wanted yet. You're thinking, well, that's really not enough time. 
I really wish I had more sleep. Well, you're right. That's what the next night is going to be for. And the next night, you now know you can do it. You're going to come into the sleep room, your bedroom, with more confidence, a little more confidence that I can get back to sleep. This automatically sets you in a very much different mind frame. You're not so much walking into to your bedroom thinking, oh, I'm just going to wake up in the middle of the night and this is just going to be awful all over again. You now know that you can break this chain. It's not where you want to be yet, but hey, last night I got back to sleep for and I got 30 minutes of sleep. Hey, maybe tonight you get an hour's worth of sleep, uh, maybe an hour and a half, maybe more. All of a sudden, you find that you can do it. You know you have a strategy. You found the thing to listen to or watch or read or whatever it was that sort of puts you in that mind frame to get back to sleep. So the bottom line there is there's lots of ways to attack the problem. A sleep doctor who is trained in this stuff can certainly help you. And specifically getting through hard memories, this kind of thing, um, you can get help with a therapist. Counselors can help. This is a great place to use them to help you get a better night's sleep, which is going to help you all over the place. Uh, Last thing I want to talk about is impact of drugs and alcohol pills. Obviously, people use these, and I'll hear many times, um, I'll in therapy, we'll talk to folks and say, talk to them about their sleep. And they'll say something along the lines of, well, I use this sleeping pill or I have to use that, or I really have to use marijuana because I just can't sleep otherwise, whatever it is. Obviously, this points to a problem that you're having, and this is a difficult problem you're trying to solve. And you found this thing that you feel is at least helping. Even just prescribed sleep medication, all of these things are sedatives, which If you read Matthew Walker's material or listen to any of his discussions, he comes at it from a medical perspective and says that this stops brain activity at night and how this is not helpful for you long term. I'm not a doctor. I can't speak to the medical perspective. How I come at this discussion is more uh, as a therapist to say, I think you will get better sleep if we can work on these issues as to why you're having these sleep problems. Wouldn't it be better to address these issues so that long-term, they don't affect you in your daily life, they don't affect you in your sleep, and certainly a benefit of that improvement would be better sleep. So I can help you with traumatic memories, I can help you with worries, concerns, these kinds of things, and that generally will, over time, provide you better sleep, and then it's up to you to then make the schedule changes to, to get longer and better sleep throughout your life. Um, And you may push back on that and say, well, this is the only thing I've ever found. Well, I'm not disagreeing with that. You feel like, well, this is the only thing that works for me. I would say, well, let's hold off on the only thing that works for you. There may be some better ways here to get better sleep. And it it is so worth it. It is so worth it to find a better way to fall asleep and get all of the sleep benefits of a good night of sleep. This is where counselors can help. This is where you come to a therapist and say, hey, I've been using these ways to get to sleep. I know why I do it. This seems to help me. I'm interested in seeing if I can't do it in a better way. And congratulations if you do that, because these are hard problems. These are very difficult problems to solve. People don't necessarily want to attack sleep problems because it can become so frightening of thinking like, oh, you you mean what? I'm going to try to stay awake and I'm going to do all these things that 
and not use my sleep medication, that sounds like a very scary scenario. And I don't want to have to do that. I don't have the time. I don't have the energy. I'm exhausted. Can't you see I'm exhausted? I need this sleep aid or whatever it is to get me to fall asleep. And I see exactly where you are. And that's why this is a difficult problem to attack. And I congratulate you for taking on this fight, for trying to find a better way. Go to my website, counselorscanhelp.com. The resources are there to help you listen to and read about more of this information if you're interested. Thanks for joining us. And we'll take on another important topic next time on Counselors Can Help. Our mission is to spread the word that counselors can help. We want to teach you how to get started and get the most out of therapy. We encourage you to reach out to a professional in your area to help yourself through a loved one. Thank you to Kelsey Fink, our production assistant and chief of technology and social media. Thanks to Aspire Counseling at AspireUT.com for their support. If you want to know more about how counselors can help, go to counselorscanhelp.com. We have lots of resources, information, and we update it all the time. We'll see you next time on Counselors Can Help, a production of Merge Publishing.